Welcome, everyone. This is a simulcast with one of my very, very, very good friends, Ping. And it's it's a, it's a fun story of how him and I reunited and really are on the mission to do a lot of the same things right now. So we are going to make it a dedication to as much as we possibly can go live and really share some of our own stories as well as our client stories and just really the story of the unified field right now, what's going on so that we can all find the answers that we're looking for and where to look for them. So today I just kind of named the live stream. I'm going to go ahead and go live on Clubhouse. So just everybody knows we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on Clubhouse. So join wherever it meets, works for you. But we're going to really talk about the Tao of cultivating peace from chaos and confusion in the subtle energy body. Because when we really think about where everything begins, it is in the subtlety of the energy. So I'm going to go ahead and welcome my good friend, Peng, to the live stream. Welcome, Peng. Thanks for joining hey, us, yeah. friend. Hey, very good to see you. Thank you, Cassandra. Thank you for having me. I am yeah. excited. Absolutely. So let's just go ahead and I want people to really understand just the depth of your practice, your personal practice, your professional practice, just so that we have an introduction of, of who you are and really the depth of what you're going to be able to, to offer today. Yeah. Wow. Where do I start? So let's see. So I'm a licensed acupuncturist by trade and then by, I'm a medical intuitive. It came up with the title because it was like what I started seeing people do. And they call themselves a medical intuitive. Like, oh, I do that too. And so medical intuitive is somebody who just kind of looks at people and can read the physical, the physical ailments, energetic ailments that are stagnation and blocks within the body. And so how I started, and, and then I'm also a master of Qigong. And so how I started this whole thing was I go back, started with martial arts as a kid, started doing Qigong and meditation at a time. And then I started looking for answers in my late teens to early 20, because there was having lots of spiritual experiences that really not a people, not a lot of people talked about. And so I got really frustrated because when you're doing meditation and you're doing spiritual practice with this energetic of you after realms, and I wanted to answer for those things. So anyway, so met with a lot of people and fortunately not enough people had answers for me, which really made me upset. So, it, and also certain people were displaying, they claimed to be, have abilities that they never showed because every time I asked them to do it, they kind of pulled out the humble card. And I got upset. So then I started to go public with my abilities. So I started holding free lectures back in January of 2007. And I would talk about how, yeah, bring, bring whatever it is that you got. I'm going to read people on from the audience. I'm a cold read people from the audience and I'm going to bring up as many people as I can. And so it's kind of how I started. And so I started reading people and I started moving energy and doing some healing work from there. And that just kind of launched everything. And then originally I wasn't supposed to come forward until I finished my acupuncture, but the universe had a different plan. So, <laughs> um, yeah. so, so ever since then I've been basing my acupuncture. So once I got licensed in acupuncture, I combined my acupuncture with my medical intuitive. And I also teach Qigong to help people with their personal meditation cultivation for personal and self-development and all the health stuff is sort of a, a side effect from all of that cultivation. So. Mm -hmm. That's the sum it up. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah, there's so much depth to you, Payne. So, so everybody knows when, when Payne and I first met, I think it was probably like 26 or something like that. I was young, 
And we were renting out of the same, uh, what would you call it? A wellness center? Wellness you and center. I would call it something different, but yes. it was a yeah. quagmire of unique individuals. So <laughs> this was in uptown in Minnesota and very interesting rooms in there, but Hank's room was very, very legit energy. And my salon I was renting from was interesting energy. But anyways, I would go in weekly and I think Peng, you were starting to get into your acupuncture training and school at that time. And I, what I, what I remember is two things, laying down on the table and you using your fingers of doing the energy. So you're shifting the energy and I always had gut issues. And so you would shift the energy and I always felt the, the tingling sensation of moving energy. So it was kind of like that that first experience that I knew intellectually, but it actually felt in the energetic subtle body. The other experience was you're always like, oh, what was, it was the tea. What was the fruit in the tea that you put in there? Oh, goji berries. Goji berries. You're like, goji berries. Goji. And I, I love goji berry tea because it's like, I love sugar. So <laughs> it's like basically roasted sugar and water. So that's what I remember. And then you and I, you know, I went and started two other salons and became a hypnotherapist and went deeper with my personal development and energetic work. And you, you know, fulfilled a lot of your callings with acupuncture and starting your own practice and so much more that you do now. So it's so interesting energetically, right? So Peng and I, then I was part of the Psychedelic Minnesota Society and was really doing some microdosing and really wondering if I wanted to become a psychedelic coach. And so I see this email come through that Payne is going to be speaking for the Psychedelic Society. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to get on this live. <laughs> and so I surprised them. I'm like, hey, I texted them. And, you know, we've been able to have some really interesting and deep conversations and really being able to tap into where are we at in life right now? really bigger and cohesively, how can we serve now that we kind of have collaborated back together, both individually and collectively. And so this launch of the live stream is kind of the first of that kickoff and we'll see where it goes, but we really want to invite conversations in the chat or anything after the chat that you see the recording to really ask for what you want to hear and what you're struggling from. So, Ping, that's just kind of a, a brief introduction of the background, and then we'll kind of get into dialogue. But I'll just share a little bit about what I'm currently up to and, and keep that very brief. You know, I went through a really, really severe mold poisoning when I was in Southwest Minneapolis, my third salon, and had just a complete burnout. And so I had to totally rehabilitate my mind, my body, and my soul. And I had a friend say, hey, Cass, I think you'd be a really, really incredible hypnotherapist. And I'm like, can't add that to my plate. So, you know, I grabbed a couple live streaming calls with the instructor and I got the message. And just like paying, you got your message. I definitely got my message and went and became a, a trained hip hypnotherapist. But I have a different perspective on hypnotherapy where I'm able to tap into the subconscious, but also what I talk about is all five energetic bodies, right? So we hear a lot of esoteric people and let's maybe this is where we can start off is the esoteric world talking about moving from 3D to 5D consciousness. And I call myself an overly practical mystic because I'm like, show me the heart science. And I do that with biofeedback, which we played with for you, where I can visibly see what's going on in all the energetic bodies and the aura and all of that. 
But maybe we could tap into like demystifying, right? This 3D to 5D consciousness. And, and the fact is we shouldn't be working on ourselves to try to elevate ourselves to 5D consciousness, but there is an attunement of, of clearing what we call all of these different energetic bodies. And today we probably want to tap into the most powerful one, which is the emotional body. Mm. So maybe you want to kind of kick us off from there and just give us your perspective on you know, the framing of 3D to 5D. So the, well, as far as the, the, the 3, 3D to 5D, I really don't have an opinion on that. I've started yeah. hearing about it. I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like, so what, but my, so I don't have an opinion on it. My personal experience, however, has changed. Meaning when I was the time that I was basically 2020 changed a lot of things, something, something happened. And now when I do Qigong, energy work is now different. People are now different. The energy field is completely different. And one of the downloads they got was that the, the universe is sort of like, uh, click, click, raising the frequency, just a little tick, one tick at a time, one day at a time, just one tick at a time in order to, to it, it's raising the vibration. So anything, anybody who, and anybody, anything, anyone, if you're staying at this vibration, this vibration keeps moving. And the further you are away from this raising in vibration, you're going to feel it a lot more. There's going to be more mm-hmm. depression. There's going to be more anxiety. There's going to be more physical symptoms. There's going to be difficulty falling asleep. And so people are sort of going through this sort of spiritual awakening and they're forced to be going through that spiritual awakening through this increase in vibration. So these lower frequency fields, emotions, trapped emotions, traumas, things like this that are trapped within the body, what I call body conscious, because the body conscious is completely different. There's the conscious, which is you, the mind, you can still kind of control. Then there's the body conscious. The body is like, it holds all the information. So anyway, as the frequency is being raised, these frequencies within the body that are from lower frequencies are coming from negative emotions, traumas, traumas like that and trapped in the body, they start to form. Okay. So when you raise a frequency. This is like more ethereal, right? Higher. So less to be like 5G, right? And then now these, as you raise this frequency, now this becomes more and more dense. It becomes more and more material. And actually it's how, that's how energy medicine works. What we're doing is we're treating the information, which is in the energy field. And then that energy field triggers a chain reaction to change the physical body. So it's. Now they both influence the other, the other, it's like the energy is the software, the physical body is the hardware. And so when people come in, I can already pr- predict. So people, people come in and I'm like, do you, do you have this or that headache or a knee issue? And they're like, no. And then like a week later, they'll come in and like, oh my gosh, now I have that weak net knee issue. So I saw the knee issue in the energetic field before it be manifested in something physical. And so that's why I treat it at the energetic level before it ever manifests into something physical. So our thoughts, our emotions, our programming, our trauma, all these things as these, so this, so this idea of, I'm so it, I don't understand it, but from my experience, it it's, it's kind of matching up to my experience and how I'm treating patients. Sorry, yeah. we're in a long tangent. I hope this is. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's perfect. I mean, I think that we can over sensationalize some of these terms and concepts. I mean, when we, 
it can get confusing for people that talk about, you know, astral planes and all of these different things. And is my, my, my position on it is start where you're at. Hmm. And we can't go and start learning about all of our guides and start tapping into all of these things when we haven't been able to master our own energy. Exactly. And for example, if we find ourselves constantly getting triggered, if we haven't been able to crack a practice of being present with the trigger and finding it in the body. And mm-hmm. here's a really interesting thing. First, I want to just comment on the five energetic bodies so that we can kind of get some frames of reference. So imagine your eyes closed or in your inner mind, whatever you need to just kind of close down outside interaction. And just imagine your body as a shell, which has an egg around it. And imagine your energy now, maybe even open your eyes and use your, your vision where you're moving out to the, both the left and the right side of your eyes. And you could only see the peripherals, right? And then close them back down and then continue to follow that out into the room. And then maybe even fill the room with a color, whatever, maybe your super conscious sends you a color, maybe it's your favorite color. And move that color now out into the house and move that out into the city. And then move that energy and be aware of the energy around the earth, like around planet earth. And now feel your energy vibrating, literally tiny little seeds and stars out into the entire cosmos. So we are not, you know, a wave in the ocean. We are the ocean wave in the sea. And so we're always connected to these five energetic bodies but it's where it is, where is our conscious awareness and where is our, let's call it persistence and being able to really tap into the outer cosmos. So the bliss body, right? That's that pure consciousness, that out in the cosmos. The super mental body is the energetics of your intuition, your creativity, your innocence, where you're starting to enter into that place where Penny was talking about. And then we have the mental body and then the vital body, which is where kind of like where these emotions are. And that's why I believe in movement, not always necessarily only meditation and sitting, right? And Peng, you know this, and we can talk a little bit about the power of Qigong, that moving energy and really starting to use your vital force is what allows those beliefs, those emotions to start shift in the field. And then you have the physical body, right? Which is where we're talking about this 3D to 5D. So essentially, you know, you're moving out all of those eggs and you're becoming conscious that you are a part of something that's interconnected to the integral field at all times. Any thoughts on that? So, yeah, because I, 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 I chuckle because back in the, the, back when I started teaching Qigong, people came in and they were like, hey, I see auras and I can see chakra centers. I can feel the rotation of the, the energy center, the, the chakra center. I can feel this. I can see that. I can see that. I was like, that's great. So I was like, cool, cool. Great, great, great. I was like, can you feel your heartbeat? Can you feel your heartbeat? And they're like, no. I was like, bro, <laughs> if you can't feel your heartbeat, what makes you think you can feel all the subtle energetic realms? So I'm like, so be, know this thing. This is the thing that we're currently piloting. I can touch, I can feel, I can sense. This is the thing that's giving off all of those frequencies. And this is the thing that's receiving all of those frequencies. And so by starting very simple with being aware of the body, my heart is beating. My pulse is going from my heart all the way to my hand, my fingertips. 
how long does it take for my heartbeat and the pulse to go from my chest all the way down to my toes? Do I even feel my pulse at my toes? Right. And just that awareness of being physically present. Once you are, this is all my training and this is all I teach. All I teach is, are you present to the body? Do you notice these things? Once you notice that, oh, wow, I can feel the pulse in my fingertips. I can feel the pulse in my toes. I can feel my heartbeat. Oh, there it is. There it is. And then the more you're aware of it, the louder it becomes, the more you become aware of it. This doesn't, sorry, it doesn't get louder. You're just more aware of it. And the more you become aware of it, then now all these other subtle energetic fields, now you can sense them. Because all these other subtle, subtle energetic fields is maybe you're projecting. And so that's why I kind of like, I always challenge people like, hmm, can you feel your heartbeat? They're like, no. I'm like, well, then how can you feel your chakra center rotates <laughs> to the left? Chill for real, dude. Like, if, so I just got like, you know, yeah. on the backhand. But so, so it's like, when you're aware, this thing is receiving and producing, emitting energy frequency waves all the time. So once you're really aware, wow, it changes everything. And then, and on a side note, makes sex way more awesome. <laughs> so much more body aware. And it's really exactly. Exactly. Body yes. pleasure, which, you know, I will say this, like when you're numb to life, when we are in a place of hypervigilance and just being, it does, being hypervigilant turns off your energy centers. It constantly has you in a fear-based mentality and a fear-locked-in body state of consciousness, right? So, you know, whenever all these people talk about, oh, you know, create pleasure in your life, for a lot of people, it's almost repulsive in their body because while they want it, they're so locked into the fear, they're agitated because they don't even know how to begin to start to feel pleasure again in their body because they've been turned off for so many years so yeah and also depends on the type of program that they've been programmed with especially women like they've been women have been programmed like mm, sex is bad sex is bad sex is bad and then they get married and it's like sex is bad and they, they don't get to enjoy yep making love with their partner and now they feel guilty or ashamed and it's just kind of like okay we got a we got a whole lot of reprogramming yeah there's so much shame and women around sexuality and, you know, different attachment styles and allowing themselves to feel pleasure, you know? So yeah, I mean, you're right on. I think there's, there's so many relationship coaches and pleasure coaches and sex coaches. And it's really interesting because even being on Clubhouse, I see some of these guys run these rooms. And even when I enter into the room and I hear them talking about these different things, like my belief system growing up in a very Christian home that, you know, you did, da, 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 like my body shuts down. I'm like, this is way too much. I need to get out of the room because I feel ashamed that you guys are even talking about this. Right. Mm -hmm. So even listening to the verbiage around pleasure makes me uncomfortable. Right. And so that I think is, I think the way through that is to have a partner that creates so much safety. And so much, so much openness for exploration is so, so important, which is oftentimes not the case. You know, attachment styles and what have you done for me lately can get into these relationships. But I wouldn't know. I have been single for a very long time. <laughs> Just saying. But it, it's awareness of the body is really, it's really the key. 
And so I really want to encourage folks to, you know, when you're walking and, and hiking, be present in the body. Don't try to solve problems. When you're jogging, try not to listen to music. Just, just jog and be present with the breath, be present with the body. And I joke and I tell my, you know, and I was making sex jokes, but it's like, it's like you're trying to make love to your partner while they're like, hurry up, we're going to do laundry. Like it, it just, <laughs> being present puts you in, in a state of being. Cause we're, we're so used to being in a state of doing and learning how to shift from doing into being really is going to be the key for that awareness. And, and people turn it into such an intellectual process. It's not, it's a body process. So once you, because a felt sense is different from an intellectual concept because people will debate intellectual concepts with me. I remember back in the day when I was. You know, well, by the time when I met you, I was a bit of a, a bit of a hothead and I was, I don't know, cocky or overly confident. <laughs> and I, I said, look, I read people and this is what I can do. And I brought people up and I was talking smack, but I was backing it up mm -hmm. and people, and people were like, mm, Peng, you're, you know, you're, you're this and that. And I was like, okay, well, if you disagree with me, let's do a public demonstration. You say that you can do this. I say I can do this and I'm doing it. Let's create a platform. Let's go on stage. And then you say that you can do this. How about you show everybody? And so I just showed people that ability to show makes it tangible. Hmm. So why was I bringing this up? It was to, it was to, it was to prove that the, the subjective, I, the, I, I was able to make the subjective objective in order for people to experience for themselves. And that really is the key because once and oh, that was the idea because people were debating with me intellectually. And I said, if you can't show me, you don't know. And, and then those, those debates kind of stopped. I was a bit of a, somebody called me a, somebody called me, what is it? Oh, the cowboy who, who, who draws, draws guns at the, in, in the middle of downtown on the main street or whatever. I know uh, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Penny, you're like this. It's like, yeah, because like. I spent, because I was so triggered back then, because I was like, look, I've been doing this since I was a kid. I've been doing Qigong meditation, spiritual development practices since I was a kid. And you took a couple weekend workshops within a year. And then now you think that we're equals. And I just feel like, no, that's a disrespected culture. That's a disrespected practice. There's a whole lot more layers to it. Now it's not, it's not that now there are gifted people who can learn it who are already gifted and they, they take classes in both course, yeah. but that's, that was my, I was a bit of a hothead back then. I'm still a little bit of a hothead now, but much more cool. I'd like to think that way anyway, but do you, so once it's a felt sense and it's an experience, it stops being intellectual. And for me, my mission in this life is to make it the intangible tangible. And, and bring it to people in a way that people can feel it for themselves because otherwise it's just theoretical. And so we have to give people, my experience is I have to give people an experience that allows them to feel it for themselves. And if they don't, they don't, and that's okay. But I, I tend to put everything on display this way. It becomes an experience, not an intellectual conversation. Well, but that's, that's the way I opened up, right? It's, it's, you made it believable by allowing me to feel it in my body, right? And so 
it's, yeah. you know, you can feel it, you can see it and Ping, you have an incredible, you have an incredible, incredible gift. And for some, you know, to be you, right. Let's, I'm just going to call you a medical, I'm going to say it and you can, you can denounce it at medical medium. Right. Mm -hmm. And because you are, and I've seen you do your work and I've seen you. And that's when I hopped on the psychedelics Minnesota society poll. I couldn't wait to text you to say, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're finally sharing your gift publicly. Because unless people see the proof, the trust in the person, in the process, in the, the believability that there's so much more that we have access to is really the story. It's not about being showy or yeah. You know, this is why I get really annoyed with a bunch of esoteric gurus because that's not what it's about, right? Mm -hmm. It's conversations like this and showing people that there are five energetic bodies. And are you aware of that? And then where do you bring in information and what are you tuned into? Like, and we've talked about this. My energy is so attuned that I, I have to really, really be diligent on only checking certain streams every once in a while. I haven't turned on the news in probably three years and I haven't owned a TV in 12 years because I'm not interested in what the world has to tell me. I'm interested in what am I picking up and how am I following that to honor my truth and what I'm here with my deeper purpose. So, you know, the attunement gets better, but obviously we have to kind of see the show and stop to see what's available to us so that we become hungry to want to be able to enter that ourselves. It's not made for the few, it's made for the many and everyone. So, you know, like for example, you know, your practice with Qigong and I'll have you share about that. But for me, tangibly, it's my practice when, and we've talked about this, the superconscious. And it's not, when I learned about tapping into the superconscious, it was more about that outer bliss body of where we actually create form from. That is the most, the, the best place to create from because the superconscious doesn't have emotions, my friends, right? It is there to be pure creation. It is there to support you. It is a pro-noia relationship. Pro-noia meaning that the universal energy is here to support you, but most of the time we're trying to fix ourselves or we're pushing against it, not listening to it. And then we go and we dig deeper holes because somebody told us we need to first go and make sure that Everything is out of our ghost of the closet first. Make sure that's all cleaned up before we can tap into this. It's both and, right? Yeah, it's, for it's, sure. it's a reciprocal relationship. So the superconscious, what the practice took me, like your qigong, is being in a group hypnotherapy or being in a hypnotherapy session. And I'm actually correlating and creating this unanimity between the person's superconscious and their conscious awareness where I can see the field, the resistance pops up, and we just kind of go and clear the field first so that we can really be able to work with the field much more efficiently as we kind of are working with some of these lower dimensional energies. So that's kind of my experience is I can now almost instantly start to see what's in the field and I don't take the power away from the client or the group hypnotherapy experience. It's about creating the magnification, the proliferation that makes the energy so much stronger. So things get more efficient, cleaner, faster, et cetera. And you do this with Qigong and you teach mm -hmm. Qigong. You're launching again in the fall, which 
you know, share a little bit about your Qigong story and, you know, how people can really start to maybe even start stepping into movement of energy. Yeah, it's so there's lots of various Qigong practices out. I mean, there's probably tens of thousands of Qigong practices out there and mine just kind of being one of the ones that are being thrown into the, thrown into it. My most, so my specific Qigong practice is part, I put it together, part, I, I call them the faceless teachers. Yeah. Faceless teacher. I'll get dreams about stuff and then like, okay, put this together, put this here. I was like, wow. Okay. And I'll put it together in a dream state, practice it, wake up and then practice it. And I was like, oh, that works. We're keeping that. So what I did was I looked at all the different Qigong systems, not all, but as many Qigong systems as I could. Qigong practices that came from Shaolin, from Wudang, and then many family systems or lineages as well. And, and then I'll spill also specific Qigong masters. I looked at all their different practices, as many as I could. And I said, well, what do they all agree on? Well, they agree on this. Okay. Well, then we're keeping that. What makes them unique and what do they disagree on? I'd take a look at that. And I was like, okay. Oh, okay. That's based upon this individual's uniqueness. And that's why his system or her system is that specific, particular way. Okay. Got it. So then let's just go to the universal. Everybody agrees on this. Let's do this. Let's work on this. So my Qigong set is based on a form of medical Qigong system. One of my teachers is Dr. Arnold Tayon. He's the guy who teaches Infinity, and he learned from Dr. Jerry Allen Johnson, who touches medical Qigong. So it's heavily influenced from his system, but I made some modifications. And then there are other practices where I, basically when I take the practice and my approach is different, people would do practices and they do the movement. I take the practices and we go deep and we basically keep, we go deep, deep, deep until you can feel all the different subtleties of that particular practice and also the awareness of the body. From there, there's a purification process that has to happen first. You purify the body, you cleanse the body, cleanse the energetic body, and then we begin to build energy on top of it. And then we move in it and then we turn it and we restore it. The reason why we cleanse it and purify it first is because if you don't clear it, clear it, you're putting energy on top of gunk and you're going to further amplify the gunk, right? And so then the, the, the parts of your character, personality traits, experiences when you practice are going to be highlighted, right? And they're going to come to the, fur, to the forefront because those are the characters, those are the identities that need to be shifted out because they require mm -hmm. healing. And so then you just have to kind of I'll talk people through the process, depending on what it is that that's necessary, but we have wounded aspects of the cells. So you as an individual, you're a community of individuals that make a one, make a one individual, right? So kind of like all the 50 cell states make up the U S well, guess what? We have about, I don't know how many identities that are captured within us that make us us. Some of yeah. them are wounded. Some of them are wounded. Some of them are, you know, everybody has both a light and a shadow. And so depending on who's coming up, we, through the practice of Qigong, we're purifying that, getting it to move and up, come out. Once people recognize that, oh, this is an aspect of me, these habits, this belief system, this is, this is a representation of me at this particular age who was wounded at this particular time that we can kind of pluck and kind of discuss that topic. I don't really go too deep into it with the particular students, but if, if but they have an idea 
of that, what's going on when these things are happening. And when we, when, when that person is able to transform that particular identity, because there are negative thoughts that come through when this particular identity, identity shows up through the Qigong practice, you're pulling that, that, that component out and also observing it, transforming it. This is going pretty deep. Yeah, it's great. And then from there, sometimes people get stuck because sometimes certain things will come up and they're not quite ready to, to, to reveal it, to look at it. But it comes from a body conscious approach. It's not like a therapy where I mentally choose, Hey, I want to look at my, this particular event. No, the body's like, Nope, you don't get to choose. We get to choose because we're causing a physical ailment that's going to be in your way. And unless you look at this thing, this physical ailment won't go away. And so the, the Qigong practice will make that come forward. And once you're able to pause, breathe, observe the pain, take, learn to take the lesson and then transform the pain, let go of the pain and take the wisdom from it until you're able to do that, the, the pain won't go away. And so it's just a powerful transformation. And so the, and what I started recognizing over the years is that I, I always tried to take spirituality out of this practice and I was completely wrong and I did everybody a disfavor. So then I, now I'm like, I'm going all in. If, when we heal the spirit, the body will follow suit. It's not the other way around. We don't heal the body and then spirit. Nope. We heal the spirit and then the body follows suit. And it's not me who's going to heal the spirit. It is me who gives you an opportunity, gives you the tools for you to activate your own power so you can heal your spirit. I simply provide the space, the tools and the other, and the resources as many as I can to help you empower yourself to heal these particular identities that need attention in order for you to reach and attain your highest self. And then the physical elements will go away. They will resolve, they will reduce. And that's, that's healing. And oh my God, it's, it's annoying. It's frustrating because all, all healers I'm recognizing, like everybody, there's a talk I'm going to do at the end of middle September. It's going to be a free information session where we're going to talk about it. And basically the topic is like using you know, acupuncture and Qigong and my approach to healing the spirit, because everybody talks about healing the spirit, but really how is that measured? And, and everybody's like, yeah, yeah. Body, mind, spirit. Well, how do we measure spirit? How do we involve spirit into this process? We don't, we just talk about it, throw a little pixie dust on it. And then, yeah, we're holistic. Here's spirit. No spirit is a whole nother thing. Spirit requires personal responsibility. Patient spirit requires the patients to take a deep look at themselves and realize why, why am I suffering? And at, at the end of it, they, they're because some people aren't ready to heal. Mm -hmm. And also I get it. I understand why. And when you have somebody come in, you know, when you say that, you know, I, I cued you, you know, cause you, you've experienced it, you know, you have somebody coming into a Qigong or coming into the acupuncture session. And they're so, they so want to escape the thing that they are in, but at the same time, they're not ready to heal. How do you, how do you have that discussion with a client? How do you help them mend to prepare them to make them more ready? Usually the first, I'm sorry. So that's complicated because I've had, I had to let some patients go because um, mm -hmm. they were looking to be healed and they weren't looking to do the healing work. Right. And they got frustrated with me and I was like, Hey, so anyway, long story short, the idea is to, when people, when my first, my patients come in, the first treatment is always going to be, all right, 
where's your pain? What's your, let's check your range of motion. Let's check to see your pain level. Let's, okay, where are you at? And then once I can kind of get a grasp of where they're at, and once they move, I'll get an idea. Oh, okay. That's where that's at. Okay. Shoulders stuck like here. Okay, cool. Got it. And the source of all of this stuff is all chronic pain and conditions. The source of it all is stuck emotions and trapped emotions in the body. Mm-hmm. And so all I do is I just place a couple needles to pop the cork and to release the emotion. And then I have them move the shoulder or the neck or the back. And they're just like, it's better. And I was like, exactly. I didn't needle the back to treat the back. I didn't needle the neck to treat the neck. I popped, I released the emotions and then the body just followed suit. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be what, I, this is what I'm going to be demonstrating because I talk a lot of stuff, but I back it up. So I'm, at my free lecture, I'm going to bring people up for acupuncture demonstrations and anybody with any kind of shoulder, neck, back, whatever you name it. And then I'm going to place needles, not in those areas and then have them move their body and they're going to see. They're going to see some results right then and there with five meters or less. And so move the emotions and then the body will follow suit. The idea is to encourage patients. Then once the people can see that, they're just like, well, how, how is that possible? How is it possible? I was like, I'm not treating the shoulder the way that other people treat the shoulder. I treat the emotions and then the body and the shoulder and everything will follow suit because like you have these, these, these path, these pathways in the body that are energetic structures and when our emotions are stuck. Emotions are energy, very powerful in that, uh, mm-hmm. form of energy. When emotions are stuck and stagnant, guess what? The body gets stuck and stagnant too. So all I have to do is just loosen that grip. Yep. Everything flows. Yeah. And then they're moving. So really you're creating the flow. What you're doing Correct. is you're assisting them and helping. Because, yep. you know, if we're honest, most people don't and or haven't become hungry enough for the Qigong practice. Correct. To understand that the slow body movements and how you hold elemental energies mm-hmm. within and around you to shift that. And so you're kind of giving them an experience that allows them to start to kind of let the lid off. You know, it's kind of like when I'm in a hypnotherapy session, you know, there are some sessions where the energy is so tight in the body, there has to be a mirrored event. So for example, you know, if somebody has so much anger or rage and it hasn't been safe in the past to let go of that rage or that anger, I have to mirror the body. And so I have to create more dense energy with them. So I'll give them my hand and I'll say, I want you to press my hand as hard as you possibly can. And I want you to scream with all of your might because they're actually now entering into their own force field and creating the intention with the energy to let go of it and release it. Another way that I see clients release energy in the hypnotherapy or in a group hypnotherapy experience is that people will think that they're getting tired, right? Eyes are closed or, and all of a sudden they start yawning, right? It's another example of people are letting the lid off of the, the steam to let the steam and all that energetic flow up. So there's all these choice. And the funnest way is when I have a client that is so stressed and they're in such an intensive moment. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm doing some kind of regression work and, you know, I'm having them look at a, a maybe a father that abused them or what have you, unfortunately. And all of a sudden they say what they need to say. And all of a sudden I've had a client for 20 minutes straight, just pure laughter. And that is also a way of letting go energy. 
So, you know, it's good to know these things and how our body reacts to a release of energy and to really welcome that in, whether it's through your Qigong or it's, it's whatever. There's all different types of energy practices. But we get so dense in the head figuring out which one to do that we lose the entire point of tapping into that. And I, I put something in the chat. I'm not sure if I can read it out, but, you know, it, it, it's going into this, going back into the Proloya consciousness, knowing that all energies of life through, like through you in every single moment, inside abundance consciousness, you may begin to now recognize that there is a nothing outside of you that you need, right? Everything already exists inside you for everything that you need. We have such an abundant resource in who we are and how we are created. And so I, you know, I left the mark here. Do we want to plant seeds of consciousness of abundance inside you now and water that daily until you start experiencing it? in every single moment of your life. And that's when you start fine tuning and, and start really hearing and, and abiding to what you're hearing and things start to flow. That, I mean, really the manifestation, manifestation happens when you start to see what you want to create and then it starts to show up in your reality. That's manifesting, right? So, you know, there's just so much power in what you shared and just the different ways that we experience the release of energy and are perceived, how we perceive how we are supposed to release energy. So thank you for sharing that. Super powerful. And we'll definitely be doing more lives before you share your event coming up where people can join. Can you drop that real quick? Do you know when you're going to be able to launch that? Is it in September? Yep. So I'm going to launch my class. The pre-information session, I might, I have, I'll, right now it's a moving target. So it might be, might be mid, mid-September, but yeah. the class is going to be at the end of September. September 21st, I want to say. Cool. Anyway. Yeah, we'll do another live and we'll prep for that and maybe do a, a short stream on, on the Tower of Qigong and things of that nature. And I definitely want to get in on that as well. I'm trying to just think if there's anything else, anything else come to you right now that you would want to share? Mm. Well, not really. Just everything is so complex. The body did really... Mm -hmm really being aware of the body and really so everything goes in phases so for uh, when i tell my students like look we're going to have these high highs and we're going to have these low lows it's just mm -hmm. part of this part of the process uh, and so when you're gonna when you do we every time you hit a high highs all right the body's like this our frequency is like this so it's kind of like our whatever heating and cooling anti-cooling system in the car yeah right so the anticoolants, what it, when you, you raise the, the every, you do this. So every time you raise your frequency, you raise your frequency, all these lower frequencies slough off and come forward. So you're going to have these high experiences of bliss through Qigong, meditation, whatever case may be. And then because you're able to reach these high highs, you are also able to access these low lows. Then these low lows come up because they need to be transformed. Yeah. These low lows are either need to come up, they need to be transformed. And it's part of the process. So healing is a part of the process. You're going to experience these high highs, all of those. Don't get discouraged. It doesn't end. <laughs> so I guess that's what I'd share. It doesn't end. Oh, it never no. ends. Well, until you're dead. <laughs> until you're I mean, dead. It, and there. To be honest, like, I still laugh when you say I was such a, a dense head 
like when you and I first knew each other, I was like, Hang is like the most enlightened person I know. And then just sharing our, our experiences now, you know, we had a long walk and now I'm like, oh my God, and, and we transformed that much between then and now I'm like, I got to get on my A game here. I need to start, start getting to work. But again, that's nothing to do with it well, at all. You transformed a lot too. I remember you were reluctant to this whole energy thing. You're kind of like, <laughs> you're like, I don't know. I don't know how to feel this out. And then, yeah, and now here yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those things that when people really start to acknowledge the arts and the craft of how they actually do have their own sense of energy and presence, oh, yeah. that when you start to acknowledge it and you just invite it in and really create self-compassion and really, you know, be your own best friend, truly, mm -hmm. that, that just starts to flood you. I mean, the, it's, it's the opposite of going out and looking for it. Now, my love for not necessarily the modalities, but how it works. You know, one of my trainers, I've taken many courses with her is Sarah Payton. And she talks about unconscious contracts, right? And it's, it's less about the IFS internal family systems, but really the constellation work in families. And so for so long, and you know, I'll just be open with this. You know, my mom's probably listening to the live. She's my hero. Like my mom is my hero. My dad is my hero. My brother is my hero. And I'll tell you why. It's when you understand the amount of trauma that you carry from past generations and that you have the opportunity to shift that. Like I don't have children, but I know that what I'm shifting right now is creating a heaven on earth. And I mean that, like I really, really truly mean that. And kind of when I thought about this live tonight is really about how can we start to create a reality around energetic experiences when most people's nervous system are so dense and so numb that even talking about this can agitate people because they're, they're depressed, they're anxious, and they don't know how to escape. But this is the conversation to let you know that's on the other side of the screen the recording, that it's not about escaping. It's about finding your own resourcefulness and then having support. You cannot do healing in isolation. Believe me, I tried for many years and I'm sure Peng did too. Uh, Especially, you Especially, do. And I, I've done it alone for so long and I've just very, you know, I up until, until, up until my ex-wife Jennifer, like I did it alone. Mm -hmm. it, it was, I was all alone. I had nobody. And, and it's not the information that there that's out now, which is both good and bad. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't any information. I had to go fly to meet a specific master to learn information. And even when, if I was there, they weren't really sharing secrets. They were really kind of holding onto their secrets, close to the chest. Now everybody's like, ah, right. And some of that information is solid. Some of that information is like, mm, you know, like people are parroting. Exactly. And I'm like, okay, sh sh show me how far you've come. Yeah. And so we have to be cautious and about what's being taught out there. And really, because once you start doing this work and, and I want to talk about the stick to the basics, the basics are Qigong, Tai Chi, yoga, meditation, right? These are the basics and these are the foundation. All of these are still sitting meditation, being still, and then, and then moving meditation. 
there's all these other things that people are adding into the mix and those are great. But if you don't have a solid foundation, it's not going to work. But you have to be aware of the body. You have to be aware of who is this I, who is speaking right now, who is talking. Because holy crap, some of those thoughts are definitely psychotic and they're not mine, right? Not mine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and because, yeah, once we recognize this, this becomes a self, this level of self-awareness like, oh, wow, okay, yeah. it's not me. And then, the, so anyway, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but this, this, this whole process is to really, these foundations weed out, and prayer, sorry, and, and prayer. Mm-hmm. These are the foundations that weed out the lower frequencies of consciousness that are within the body that we inherit both through genetic and also that are combobbling up from within and also from society, also from past lives, Mm -hmm. whatever, you name it, all of these things we're, so through these practices, we're raising and maintaining a vibration to ward these things off. And same thing with diet. Everybody has diet, pilgrimages, prayer, fasting, right? These are all to set the frequency back in alignment and so my i guess i'll throw this one out like so anybody who is having negative intrusive thoughts you know ask your doctor let's just start down with a safety net <laughs> my recommendation first is if you're having negative intrusive thoughts and they're starting to kind of like mm-hmm. batter you pretty hard play music freak with higher frequencies and also mm-hmm. fast yep. yeah fast minimum 18 hours, try to do 24 hours if you can, and that'll weed those things out. There's a reason why these practices are put in place thousands of years ago. And so it's funny because we're calling it biohacking. Really? You know, it is, but it also, it isn't. No, I actually get really annoyed when I see biohacking or hacking or whatever. I'm like, I don't need your easy button. Like, let's really talk about the spirit, the, the spiritual intelligence, right? Yeah. And it's kind of like I tell my hypnotherapy clients, I'm like, that's not you thinking those thoughts. Like there's an intelligence that's coming in. Like if I, I'm vulgar, I'm really vulgar. I'm like, let's just pretend that I cut off your head right now. And I literally throw it across the room. And let's just see if your brain can think thoughts. It can't. So they start to connect to, oh, it's the energy from the spirit intelligence that's downloading the energy that then I interpret right based on patterns and things and, and when I, when you talk about like the density in the body and talk about the nervous system being stressed or anxiety even use the words that i'm anxious like that is an identity even adhd like i was on a call last night that allowed me to kind of grieve because i was on this twitter spaces and i'm setting up calls this week on how to help adhd women that are midlife understand that they've lived a life in a mask and complete in shame and always feeling like they're not good enough because of the way that their tendencies of the brain works. And so I'm very, very careful on saying I have ADHD. I don't have ADHD. It's, it's very layered. I have trauma. I have a brain that thinks really, really fast. And my energetic attunement is already 12 days in the future. I can already read what's going on with the other person and I'm already over it. So it's forced me to become more present in my life, to slow down and to really capture my attention and the attunement because I don't have ADHD. I have a variable attention situation, right? But there's nothing wrong necessarily with my brain. But I will say 
that diet, when I start working with functional medicine with people with neurodiverse or AD attention deficit disorder, magnesium alone reduces anxiety and reduces medication usage. It has 300 cofactors that allows your body to, to start to work better. We're not utilizing the things, but we're using, you know, the easy button. But the state of consciousness in the world right now, we're coming back to creating this heaven on earth. And I use that because what I mean by that is that we're coming back to our divine intelligence, the spirit intelligence that we were given. We have all the resources that we need, but we don't utilize each other. We don't utilize what we know about tapping back into nature. So I'll drop real quick right here. I started the Growth Guild community, which is a tokenized community that is a web three on the blockchain because I've gotten so many hits spiritually of where we're going economically. And one of my passions is how can spiritual individuals no longer suffer and be executed for their gifts and actually come onto the front line? They are the ones that, and entrepreneurs such as you paying, such as me, that go out first, we pioneer, and we're the ones that get killed for it. And everybody that lags behind are the ones that survive. And so that is where the transition is going right now. And that's why I say, you know, it's 3D to 5D consciousness. There's a reality to that. And mm -hmm. the density in people's body, the knots that they're feeling, what happens in a traumatic experience, this is really interesting, it's a proprioceptive situation. So to instantly get somebody out of a trigger, I'll say, where do you feel it in your body? Because we can't go through it in the thinking mind. We have to bypass the thinking mind. So we attach to the emotion, the feeling, the sensation, the color. And you instantly, if you have an emotion and, it, you know, if you listen to somebody speak and just say, I know it's right in front of me. I just can't grasp it. You literally help them grasp it, take it and give it a color and start spinning it in the opposite way. And they go push it into the body where that tension is. It instantly takes that energetic rope and knot in the body and thresholds it out of the body, right? So there's different energy techniques that we can play with to start to open up. But I'm here to say this and we'll bring this thing to a conclusion. The reason that Pang and I are starting to come on the front line and actually start to be more visible is because we've been in our own stuckness of being able to help people in quiet and really know that we have such great gifts but I'm hoping that we can be an example to you because you have your own resourcefulness that you can start to join the conversation. So the Growth Guild community, Pang's going to get a free seed. A seed coin is just basically a reward. When AOL was started up, I, three rings of consciousness. AOL was, we're going to tell you what to think. We're going to be a download of streaming information and we're going to brainwash you. Web two was, now we have social media, I can express myself, but I'm still a facade. Now, web three is spirit intelligence. It's inoperability. Yes, it will be on the blockchain, but you know what that does? It creates a true level playing field, consciously. So if you're going to go and fucking rip somebody off, you're going to be caught. And you will be, you will be reprimanded for that. And so we have three years ahead of us. Energetically, that's what I feel. But this is why I'm creating a tokenized community that you can pay to get in. But along the way, web three is uh, read, write, web two, social media, where they still, you still have to pay to play in order to use their information or get seen. Web three is interoperability. 
I'm creating my own economy and I'm going to run my economy based on truth, consciousness, and abundance. And so blockchain will be able to run that so we can just use our digital wallets, connect where we're going. And so it's a breeding ground for those to start to spiritually grow and get their attunement up and a practice area in a safe, trauma-informed, but purpose-aware, meaning purpose is more important than digging up our trauma. Because once you start focusing on your purpose, the trauma doesn't really feel so heavy, right? And then the other piece is how can we start to learn about the future of economy? Because guess what, my friends? The biggest transference of wealth is happening right now. And you have an opportunity to be a part of it. Or you can stand on the shore and just see this big wave that's going to come and be the tsunami again and get hit by it and not play the game. So that's why Peng and I are here to create opportunity, not only for ourselves, but to actually exchange the energy with you so that you can actually get into the game. Those are my closing thoughts. So join the Girls Guild. I threw it into the chats. It will be on YouTube, I believe. We're live on Facebook. Peng, I'm going to give it over to you, my friend. Anything that you would like to say as we end tonight's conversation. Thank you so much for being with me. It's truly a gift. Yeah, thank you. This is fun. There's nothing else. I, I, I love what you're doing. Let's, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's, let's, let's make it happen. And also it, it sounds to me like web three sounds just like the spirit realm. Yeah. Meaning because there's full transparency, uh, there is no, yeah, it's all there. So sounds good. Let's do it. Let's do it. Super fun. Yeah. People finally taking the power back. And the big brother is up, to, up top, you know, the, the, you know, what's interesting is they thought they were going to be able to run the blockchain for big brother and that they were going to be able to control us. Mm -mm. I know the plan and it's going to be very, very cataclysmic. And that is also why, you know, it's so important for us to start getting out there so that when it starts to happen, we have safe people that we can go to and really be with and commune with and break bread with and really start to heal so that we, this will be a fast transition. This will be a very fast transition. It'll be very dense. It'll be very heavy at first, but the transition through it, we have more resourcefulness now and the frequency is moving much faster. So we will be able to move much faster through it. So there's a lot of hope. And let me tell you on the other side of this, everybody's going to be very abundant if they follow their path. So thank you, Payne. I appreciate you so much. So this is our first live on multi-streams on Facebook, YouTube, and now Twitter. But hopefully we'll play around with some more multi-streaming. And Peng will also connect his socials. We'll share the recording. Again, grab the link to the Light and Growth Guild community. Peng has his event, free event coming up in the fall. So we'll definitely go over. We'll probably do a couple lives, Peng. I think it'd be fun to talk about Qigong and how to move energy, you know, and some of that. And then we should also do a live stream on uh, psychedelics and let's talk about psychedelics and yeah. the the blessing of psychedelics your experience my experience and also what we need to be aware of with psychedelics and how we feel about that so with that said everybody welcome and thank you so much for joining us on the first live remember to seed your success 